Hey, it's Jen Richards, A Good Above Horror Review, episode number 24. We keep it with the holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. We're talking about Silent Night, a very loose remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night, maybe Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. So give it a listen. This is Jacqueline's pick this week. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays. A Cut Above Horror Review, episode 24, Silent Night, 2012. Ho, ho, ho. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be covering Silent Night from 2012. But before we get into it, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, hello, Hydraberg. What's going on, guys? How's your weekend going? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Good. What's going on? Nothing much. I went to Philly um, the other day. uh, How's that? Day trip. I went to a tabletop uh, convention, like tabletop gaming convention, you know, because I'm Neat. into D&D and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You was know, it good? Asked, yeah, it was fun. We went to um, the convention for a little while. We walked around. Then we went for lunch to this like awesome like market that's um, right down the road from the convention center. And it's like this huge indoor market with all these different vendors and like um, fresh produce and fresh seafood. And it was really cool, cool environment. Yeah, I saw really the pictures you posted yeah, earlier. It, really it looked cool. really awesome. I want to go back just for that. <laughs> so, so it was better than like the convention. Really, any money to be honest, because I really wasn't trying to like spend a lot of money. I just wanted what, to what kinds of things did they have for sale there? Like minis, um, paints. Um, they had all types of board games and stuff like that. Like board games you might have heard of, or some of these board games were like kickstarted board games that were like coming out of kickstarters. They had one called Final Girls, which looked pretty interesting. And they were like different sets. You could buy the base game. And then they were like add-ons with different killers and different Final Girls. And so you had to like avoid the killer who was like a Freddy type of killer. And you pick a different Final Girl. And then like there are different ways to like outmaneuver the killer and survive the night and stuff like that. It seemed pretty interesting, actually. That sounds awesome. I wish I had um, asked you to pick me up one. I could uh, pay back for it. I was going to look it up online. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. Next up. Hello, John. How hey, guys. <clears throat> so Hyderberg, did you have a Philly cheesesteak? I didn't, actually. The, the plan was to have a Philly cheesesteak. Got to go to Gino's, man. I know. And I was like, my buddy's like, do you want to have a Philly cheesesteak? It's, a, you know, they're they're a little overrated. Or there's this place that my sister knows, which was in the market. And so I got like a roast pork sandwich with like provolone and like fresh garlic bread and oil and spinach. And that sounds amazing. Yeah, that it was really it awesome. Was, it was worth it too. It was... Yeah. Well, I, I do gotta say, and how are you, Jacqueline, by the way? Sorry. Oh, I'm fine. Doing You're fine. Fun. Just fun. hectic, hectic weekend got most of my Christmas shopping done. Oh, you went awesome. to a Christmas party, huh? I did. <laughs> I went to a, a very interesting Christmas party at our neighbor's house. <laughs> Where I was mistaken for uh, a staff member serving people. Why? So, You're well, a neighbor. I may or may not have been the only non-white person in attendance <laughs> at the party. So uh, I, I get the sense that this fella who uh, asked me where to put his plate was, I, I might have been the only brown person he saw on a regular oh, basis. Oh, Jesus. So. Did you tell Good him where Lord. to put his plate? What I didn't I don't know it wasn't my house. Uh, no, <laughs> so, I mean like no. What she said oh. was she said shine that some bitch up, 
Turn it sideways and stick it straight up your candy ass. That's what she said. What a culo is what I said. <laughs> That's yeah, what she go. said. <laughs> hey guys, I I, I want to bring up um, <clears throat> uh, cut above calling horror review. We've got a lot coming up in 2022. Obviously, we're going to wrap up the year with some some holiday themed movies. Uh, we may or may not have a guest next week, which we'll talk about later. Hydroberg, mm-hmm. um, but. We've got a lot of guests coming up and we're going to do some guest spots. Um, Hydroberg, you want to talk about where you're going to be on maybe in the near future? Yeah, in the near future, I'm going to be on uh, Horror and More with Anya Gore. Nice. We're going to be doing a comparison um, podcast uh, episode of, of the Maniac movie and the remake with Elijah Wood. Oh, yes. Love it. Love that it. is going to be great. Uh, take notes oh, my and compare God. The two and, you know, I guess maybe review both of them. So it sounds pretty fun. I can't fun. wait. Yeah. It sounds awesome. And Jacqueline, yeah. uh, you're, you're doing also something very special. Uh, somebody that we've had on before, uh, Nicole from Light and Shadow Podcast. You guys are going to be talking about something in February. Hi, Nicole. Yes. February is Women in Horror Month, and she has so graciously invited me to uh, be a guest on her podcast, Light and Shadow Horror Podcast, uh, in February. And we'll be talking about some influential women in horror. So I'm really excited about that and very honored that she invited me to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, super excited about that. It's fantastic. And then for a cut above for review, uh, we are going to have Anya on sometime in January. Still trying to nail down what we want to have her on, but we're also going to bring on the third member of uh, straight Chilling podcast, which which really influenced us to create this podcast. We're going to have Randy Gandy, G Landy, or Randu, as you call him now. <laughs> Randu, we'll have the whole uh, collection now. He'll be in he'll be in February at some point, but we got to figure out great, you know, what movie we're going to do. But again, I want to apologize about throwing that little curveball at you guys last week. But man, uh, behind the scenes, a little bit of how the sausage was made that. Um, you guys fangirled all over Soju last week. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how much he could tell, but I was seriously fangirling and a little starstruck. And on the inside, I was, like, trying to keep it together. So <laughs> Yeah, he brought his A game, too. He did. He, he, did. he was awesome. He really, um, he really added a ton to the conversation, really elevated it for us. So um, I hope that... Uh, he didn't think I was too dorky. <laughs> well, well, no surprise. We're going to bring the third member on. He's he's not. He, he will be last, but not least. I mean, we not least. Honestly, I'm going to fangirl over him, too. I wasn't right. there for the episode with Bob. So, right. Um, yeah, I wish you were. Yeah, I do, too. But uh, we'll have to have him on again. And then I can fangirl over him, too. See, I was I, I fangirled for Bob a little bit, but I was prepared for Bob because I had guessed it, you know, like a little early on. And John, you let it out. Like, I but did. with Soju, you played, you know, slick. Like, oh no, I, I don't have a special guest. Very John, close you were very chest. tricky. You had that you yeah. had that extra window up on the Zoom on the Zoom meeting, and it was mm-hmm. all kind of blurry, and we couldn't yeah. tell who it was. And you were acting like you didn't know what it was about. You're like, oh, I got this weird meeting at first. This weird too. window in the room. And I'm like, isn't this what happens in that movie Unfriended? Like there's some ghost on the chat. I'm like, are we going to die tonight? <laughs> we on? did have a ghost on the chat. His name was Soju. And he, <laughs> we had a great conversation last week. I think you guys did a fantastic yeah, job. So Soju for coming on. don't fangirl over Soju. He's fine. <laughs> I know he's fine. He's That's fine. why I was fangirling. <laughs> oh, boy. No, Aren't but thanks married? for put- What's that? Aren't you married? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Hey, I'm not dead. Oh, that was um, such a buzzkill. But thanks for setting that up, John. That was a good surprise and a really awesome episode. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, that we got to have him on. So thank you for that little early Christmas present for us mm-hmm. little elves. And thank you, Soju, for not picking Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Oh, no, I picked it. He goes, no, nah, let's do uh, something else. Yeah. I go, okay, let's do this. <laughs> oh, he vetoed. Okay. Yeah, it was vetoed. Oh, well, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. All right. Well, John, do you have some other horror news for us? I actually do. I, I, I got some very sad news to report that uh, oh, yeah. Anne Rice passed away. She did. Yeah. Uh, she obviously yeah. was the author of Interview with the Vampire, the Vampire Chronicles, uh, passed away at the age of 80 earlier today. So unfortunately, we lost a horror movie icon. So rest in peace, Anne Rice. I was so shocked by that news. And, you know, I didn't realize that she was 80, but um, for some reason I thought she was a lot younger, but it just seemed so yeah. sudden to it's me. complications just... from a stroke. I guess maybe they kept it sort of, you know, closely guarded that she had the stroke. But mm-hmm. she also, I, I mean, she left such a lexicon in oh, horror, horror movies that, you know, interview with a vampire, whether you liked it or not, just kind of escalated what the subgenre of vampires were for me. Yeah. For sure. Something no, tells absolutely. me that she might get um, discussed on your show with uh, Nicole about women in horror. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. She's been very. Hey, don't spoil it there, Hydraberg. Come on. I'm just guessing. I don't know. He doesn't know. I'm not allowed on that show, John. I'm a man. So I'm just. <laughs> okay. <laughs> women in horror. Yeah, that is a sad story. Tell me the next it one is. is something less depressing. It is. It is. Uh, Mike Flanagan. We, we know him from. Uh, Haunting of Hill House, right? He's Midnight created Mass. his new series, The Fall of the House of Usher, which is from what art author? Poe. Hello. Hey, very good. Nicely done, Jacqueline. Cast is in Franklin Jella, Carla Gaguino, Mark Hamill, Katie yeah. Siegel, Ooh. and more. Mark Hamill. Katie Siegel, yeah, that's his wife. Awesome. No, Katie yeah, Carla Good Carla Gugino was in um, the Haunting of Hill House as well, so she must be. You know, and she was in like, uh, uh, yeah, she what was. was that uh, what was that other uh, the, the King movie that she did? Um, no, they put it on oh, Netflix. Stephen King movie, uh, G- uh, Gerald King. That's it. That's oh my right. god, she that's was right. awesome in that. Yeah, movie. yeah, she. Really that's was. a tough. That's a tough story. That's a tough she character to act. Film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's her. stuck in handcuffs. All- no spoiler, but she's Oops. stuck in handcuffs the whole time. So yeah, Oof, oh, that man. movie is great. Watch I it. I forgot that was Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, it's coming out next year. And then uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife has just surpassed one hundred million dollars at the box office. Wow, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but as fast <laughs> you can, as they you can tell off- we're enthused. <laughs> yeah, but as fast as they pulled off last night in Soho from the theaters, I'm just like. Because I haven't seen good reviews from it. How's I haven't it go, seen uh, Ghostbusters. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> that sucks. But John, you're you right. Because it's like a creative movie, like an original creative movie, like Last Night in Soho, gets pulled after what, like two weekends, and then yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. is just on and on and on and on. I'm not saying it's bad. I haven't seen it, but you know, maybe we're going back to that like PG PG 13, where it's just like it's more mass appeal to the kids and yeah. You know, rather than adults going to the movie theater and watching these movies, because, you know, we've talked about it before. Last night in Soho is like oof, one of the best movies of the year. It was so good. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, yeah, that's it for news, though. Sorry. All right. Well, I'm super excited about the Flanagan 
the Flanagan news. I didn't know about that new series. What's it called again? Uh, it's called oh, shit. Um, yeah, it's called The Fall of the House of Usher. That's right. Okay, cool. And it's a Netflix property. It's going to be Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I like his little, yes. his deals with Netflix. He's he's yeah, been doing really yeah. good work with them. I, like I didn't care for Bly Manor as much as the other two, but it was still a really well made show. It really well was. Made. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't as big a fan of it. I mean, I mean because <laughs> a little slower pace. Ha- Haunting of Hill House was like it set a high bar. It really did. Yeah, for it sure. It did. I think that's like maybe the most, um, the best done like Netflix horror series. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to go good. back on that. If you listen to uh, post mortem with Mick Garris, he talks about the one shot. I think it's like episode four or something like that, where the entire family. It's a it, it's a one shot take, almost like um, uh, one cut of the dead. Huh? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's episode seven. But whatever it is, I mean, there's yeah. one take. The of one it. at the funeral was, home. Yeah, he said it was the hardest thing he's it's ever so done. Good. But, yeah, but I, I listened to that other podcast with Meg Garris, and it was yeah. just like he was talking about how difficult it was to shoot that thing. And it's like everything had to be perfect. We had to rehearse it like so many times. Mm-hmm. But when we got it, it was like, boom, right there. I remember watching it, too. And I was like, I'm watching definitely like cinematic history here. Like this, this is a really well-made episode. I, I didn't even know it until after I heard that podcast. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable to me that he did that in one shot. I'm like, whoa, really? Yeah, because they cut down like they'll cut from scenes in the in the um the funeral home, and then like one of the characters will go down a hallway, and next thing you know, they're in the mansion in like a flashback, and it's like seamless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it really, it really is absolutely. Did, did you guys watch Midnight Mass? I did. Not yet. I'm in uh, the middle you gotta of watch it. it, John. Oh, I do. I know. I think like, I'm. It's... I think I'm five episodes in, so I think I'm just halfway. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. Don't so don't spoil, spoil anything, anything. but I don't I'm, spoil it for the fans anyway. I'm enjoying it. I just I, I it's slow going for me to watch any series, so yeah. it takes me a while to get through things. But uh, yeah, I'm really into it. So nice. Yeah. So should we? Uh, so we jump into this movie, uh, Jacqueline. It was your pick this week. We picked uh, Silent Night from 2015. Why 12. in the world? Or 2012. Sorry. Uh, why in the world did you pick this movie? I picked this movie because I remembered seeing it in the theater way back when it first came out. I can't believe it's been almost nine years, but no. <laughs> my, my really good friend Megan and I went to go see it together in the theater. And um, I remember really enjoying it and thinking it was a really fun ride. And she and I, to this day, still laugh about some of the lines from that movie. I'm sure you can imagine which ones, but we uh, we still laugh about that. And I think I think I saw it maybe once or twice after that, but very short, like maybe 2013. I watched it maybe Christmas of 2013 or 14, but I haven't seen it since then. So it's been a while and I wanted to see if it held up to my really positive memories of it. So that's why I picked it. I feel like it's a a holiday movie that doesn't get talked about very much. And um, so I wanted to throw it in the mix. Perfect. I've never seen it. Me either. Really? Oh, okay. Well, it sort of got wrapped up in the with all the other films that are like Silent Night something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a year or two ago, there was one called Better Watch Out. And then there was another. I think there's another Silent Night this year. I don't know. I can't keep up with everything. So I think next year we need to do Better Watch Out from 2019. That was. I never saw that. I didn't see it. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah, you were you uh you covered that one on your previous life. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, let's decide whether this movie fucks or sucks. You go first, Jacqueline. You picked it. <laughs> I'll go yeah, first. first. Well, gentlemen, I am pleased to report that this movie held up to my uh positive memories of it, and I think that it totally fucks. Um, it's a really freaking fun slasher it's uh i think it's more of what i had expected christmas evil to be and so i was that's why i was a little confused last week because it wasn't a slasher uh christmas evil i mean but this is a straightforward like balls to the wall christmas themed slasher and i think it's great fun and i think it fucks what about you john uh i'm actually gonna semi-agree with you i think this is a flaccid fuck um i think some <laughs> of the lines were just really terrible in this the aesthetic of it was not good because they were supposed to be in wisconsin i know what Wisconsin's like in in uh december but you actually <laughs> see palm trees and stuff like that and green grass and it, you don't see that um but man it was god the the gore in this was like it was good. I mean, to me, it was really yeah, it good. Was. It kept me entertained. The lines that Malcolm McDowell did were fucking awful, but God Horrible. damn, they were They're so fun. bad. It was just like you had to laugh at it. And it just seemed to me that the re- director leaned into that because he did throughout the movie. And you're like, oh, I see what he's doing here. So to me, it's a flash and fuck, but All right. worth All a right. watch. All right, so it fucks a little bit. Flaccid. It's a divisive one, I think. Flaccid. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay, Hydroburg. I'm stealing myself. Okay. What do you think? Does it fuck or suck? Uh, This movie sucks. I think it slides right right underneath the flaccid fuck for me. Not a recommendable fuck for me, and I just don't... I feel like it had the potential to be a solid fuck. Unfortunately, it's not. And John, I think you're right, and I'll get into it in my review, but I think the dialogue is so cheesy and ham-fisted. The characters just don't seem very believable. They're just delivering their lines. There are elements of this film that I think if they lean into the more serious notes, I think it would have been such a better film because there is some really good drama and there's some really good scenes. The gore, like you said, is one of the highlights, definitely. They they broke the budget with the gore. Like, the gore is fucking great. And there's a lot of I do like the aesthetic. I don't I never lived in Wisconsin, so I didn't notice any of that stuff. But I just think um, like the small town and the cinematography and a lot of that stuff was really good. But well, let's not give away too much. And before we spoil anything, John, why don't you hit us with a spoiler warning? All right. Spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Silent Night from 2012. If you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast, go watch it and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Jacqueline. All right, Hyderberg, I'm so ready. Can't wait to hear this reach around. And there better be one particular thing in this reach around that if it's not there, I will not be satisfied. Uh, you might not be in there. I didn't work. I think I think I might know what you're thinking of, and I wasn't able to work it in. But ah, okay. Well, let's find out. We'll see. I tried. <laughs> All right, ready? God knows I tried. <laughs> Silent night, holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Santa fills the air with fright. On the silent, deadly night, his victims quake at his sight. Your end brought on by Christmas lights. 
A small town plagued by his presence. A mystery from past to present. He marks his prey with tiny presents. He'll take your leg like Tiny Tim and chop you up limb from limb. His sack of gifts is filled with dread. He'll axe you down and split your head. His fur so white, but now it's red. Bathed in blood that's from the dead. Not once, but twice his his list was read. And now he has the task at hand. The time is now to make your stand. So take your shots with steady hand and survive the night in Christmas land. <laughs> that was great. I feel like that should be on a, a Christmas card. You're talking about the wood be. chipper scene, right? Oh yes. my God. I couldn't get it in there. I, I, ah. I, I started writing and I was like, if I try to get it in there, I got to rewrite stuff. And I just wasn't. Okay. Well, I, I guess... did try though. I really thought about how to work it in there and it just wasn't. Did you like the homages to Silent Night, Deadly Night? I did. I wrote them down. Okay. I like them. They're not forced. I mean, no, they're, they're not. Because this is a weird movie. It's a it's not quite it's not really a remake of Silent Night, but it has scenes from it like homage. It, it to totally it. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same exact movie, but there are scenes like the death scene um, with uh, uh, what's her name? Tracy or something like that. The daughter. Or Tiffany, Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. Okay, like pushed against dies, the like Linnea Yeah, Cooper, the antlers. Did, yeah. You got that dude who's like the um, catatonic guy. Deputy, yeah, the catatonic grandfather mm-hmm. who just like jumps up out of the blue and warns him about <laughs> Santa Claus, which was a cool scene. Um, you got the the deputy uh, Gail who who is delivers some of the worst dialogue also in this movie, in my opinion. When he's like, what is it, garbage day? When he's taking out the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, know that, I noticed that? that. Yeah. Well, he walks outside and goes, garbage day. And then puts the puts the garbage down. Yeah, because he's like the, the deputy. I mean, the sheriff was like, take the garbage out. Yeah. It was garbage day. So can we can we spend a minute talking about um, the original Silent Night, Deadly Night? I know we're not covering that right now, but can we, can we just talk about it for a minute since this? I think yeah, this sure. movie is, Spoiler is alert sort for of that movie, too. I, yeah. I, well, so I think this movie is described by its creators as like a loose remake which yeah. okay that's fine um it's actually been a while since i've seen the original silent night deadly night and so i don't remember i didn't remember too much about it and so early in the week i thought well i'll rewatch it and refresh my memory because i remember very little um i'll rewatch it before getting into this movie so that you know we could talk about comparisons and stuff like that i'll be honest with you guys this is very rare for me but i had to turn it off um I, I actually found it really upsetting and sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, just from the very beginning of this movie, it's it's just like nonstop. It's just like a nonstop story about this kid being really traumatized by mm-hmm. seeing his parents get murdered. And then he goes to this children's home with really mean, scary, cruel nuns. And he's like physically abused and so like little billy abuse little billy on, on top Naughty. of his trauma and so like the scene where he's watching the um the teenagers in the in the like orphanage mm-hmm. or whatever yeah, and the, the and the nuns catches him peeking through the keyhole and like throws him against the wall and then like bursts in on i i just gave up and i had to turn it off so i don't remember what happens after that i remember the antler thing you know that like struck a memory in me but I, I really, this, this wasn't the case before I had children, but now that I do, I really can't tolerate watching kids be like traumatized or like 
like screaming and watching their parents die. I just, I can't do it. Or watching kids be killed. I just can't handle it anymore. And so I, I didn't, I had to turn it off. And so I, I, I think that's. Yeah, I watched the Joe Bob uh, version. I think it was Red Christmas or something like that um, on Shutter, And <clears throat> he had talked about 45 minutes of it was the original movie. 40, 40 minutes of it was a new movie just no, because the, the pro- producers had a really big problem with it or whatever. But the thing was, is that you saw this traumatized kid of him, you know, I guess progressing into this Santa Claus of like naughty and nice, you know, and there was some great gore like back in the eighties, I guess it was 84 when it was made uh, the original. And it was just, I think the filmmakers on this one just wanted to pay homage to that because they do do the horn antlers thing. Um, You know, the Santa doesn't say anything until like the end of the movie what did he say not nice or something like that yeah not nice and i don't know i mean it was just it it was a different movie you're right jacqueline this was this was billed as kind of a loose remake of silent night deadly night 84 i think that's six probably hurt Mm -hmm. the film because on its own it's I think it's a better film on it if it was just on its own with the homages. Yeah, they could have been like surprises that you were like, oh shit, that's the scene. I think people took this film as a remake and then probably shit on it because of that. And I mm-hmm. think if you didn't mm-hmm. go in thinking that, you might have enjoyed it more. I disagree because I think Malcolm McDowell had like some of the worst one liners. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> my aunt would have been my uncle. I'm supposed to be the hero here. And it's just yeah, like, it so oh bad. God, are you fucking um, serious? Can we go back? Um, I know you don't like children getting killed, but my God, that little girl getting fucking tased in the beginning. Was oh, so my God. Bad. Yeah, he was. Such well, that's a fine. I'm, I mean, like little kids. Yeah, I know. Like, real like little, little innocent kids, like, kids. kids. Little innocent yeah. kids. I don't like I don't like kids. Oh, I don't she, like she was a shit. The way she, she was spoke to her mother, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I was fine with that. Holy but shit. So one of my one of my best. One of my main pros for this movie is that it wasn't sad. Like I no. didn't want any kind of like tear jerking kind of like, uh, you know, boohoo moment. And so like uh, it was it was really just kind of like a, a it was more fun. It had a more fun tone to I it. So I was like getting more and more depressed watching the beginning of the original movie. And so I was just like, forget I, I can't do it. So watch this kid like, this like, had a little like bit his dad getting shot and his mom getting yes. like almost raped. It, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's very that. disturbing. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like it that. Is. It was it was a heavy, heavy movie at the time. It still is. Yeah. Oh, so. Although that movie does lighten up a little bit after you get past his upbringing. Like I'm sure it does. Um, but it's like just the whole theme of like a kid being traumatized and then growing up and being like really fucked up. It just bothers I, me. I, I, I disagree, Heidsberg. I mean, the, the one thing is, is that like with the original Silent Night, Deadly Night is these guys are so uh, like the cops are so like 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 perturbed of what's going on here is that they see this dad climbing into his daughter's room yeah you're right about that scene and and, and it's like like he's innocently just trying to say santa claus is real here's your presence but because you know this guy billy is causing so much havoc is that you know they're almost going to shoot this guy and it's just like, it, it's a fucked up thing. But the way they present it in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, spoiler, is that, oh, no, no, he was just a dad trying to help that out. 
I just mm-hmm. I'm just meaning like Billy's like um, his like dialogue and some scenes and it becomes a little bit more of a slasher with a little bit of like, you know, funny dialogue in a sense. Well, and it becomes silly later in the yeah, movie, a little silly. Sure. That's, that's yeah. what I mean. But yeah, there are still some some themes, some mature themes. Definitely and like s- that one. And so I know in this movie and, you know, the 2012 film, I know that we find out at the end that the killer really is, you know, a grown up version of this kid who was actually traumatized. But for some reason, it didn't it didn't bother me as much because it wasn't like this long, drawn out thing. And we didn't see the kid like crying and afraid. And, no, you, you know, see him looking it, through the it was a very quick scene. and It was at the very end. So you didn't really have time to dwell on it. And it's at the very end. So you've had all you know, you've got, you've gotten to go on the fun ride already before you're shown this like sad thing. It was interesting with the flamethrower though. Oh my God. How awesome was that? I, yeah, it looked badass, dude. Oh my God. It it was like just laying people out with a flamethrower. I found the killer actually to be the, the, the biggest highlight in this film. Like I really liked his aesthetic. Um, How good did he look? I mean, he, he, he put that, he put that like him. weird I like, mask like on that him. opening scene to the film. I was like, this is a cool looking film, like cinematography wise, like the setup, him like customizing his mask was really cool. I felt like the film didn't stick with that sort of. Yeah. I would have liked more of a serious note with. I know you like the fun parts, but I, I kind of wish they lent it, leaned in more to like the mystery of the killer, a little bit more of his setup, like the whole backstory. They kind of just add on in the end. And I felt like that was kind of interesting, actually. To, to I like the mystery thought, of like who is the killer. They didn't right, really. But I really, thought, I thought that was really that. played up because we had two red herrings. And- Agree. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I thought that was awesome about it because it did not. You thought it was the priest. It was one red first. herring that was like legit. Well, the first the first red herring was the priest because oh, he so was three, grabbing, okay, three he was red grabbing Aubrey by the shoulders. That's just fucking like, priest. If you need help, that guy was help, so horrible. Yeah, I know. And that was my first thought. And then they throw another red herring, a uh, guy named Joe or something like that. Jim. Jim Epstein. Yeah. Jim, who was, yeah. So it was comic just. Relief. He was like, well, just no, no, this, no. like there was another one. There, there was another guy that came up to her window while yeah, she's like, no. like, like no, kind of reminiscing. Not, not the Mr. Snow guy. Oh, that, yeah. But, but another guy that was just like, oh, okay. So you're the drug doing dealer that. was the one that. Was the real red herring, in my opinion? Like that was the, the one. So that there was the drug dealer believable. Carson, the like yeah. weird looking guy at the bar that she's right. like watching at the bar, and then yeah. there's the guy who's like playing Santa at the little pavilion thing and like yeah, saying rude stuff guy. to kids. That's that's Jim Epstein. Is that no? But there was about? another one that walked up to to Aubrey's door, and I thought that was the guy. Yeah, but oh, that, they didn't really yeah. build him up. Yeah. To be, no, exactly. Know, but I mean, I think I I thought that was like another addition to the red herrings which i thought yeah was so it's cool. like i so i i agree like i agree with you john i, I thought there was a lot of mystery to this especially because it's like christmas time and they're having the parade with all the santas and mm-hmm. it's like it could be anybody and so i i thought I they did like a good that. job with the mystery aspect of it but that's you know it's just me i like the parade scene i think it i think it just could have been a little bit more tense i don't know there's it hard. was stupid because like the dad like Aubrey's dad, who was a cop before, is actually the real Santa Claus, I guess. That's because another he had a white thing. beard. And then I he pointed out the guy that was Donnell Log, you know, uh, the, the Santa Claus at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that he's been traveling around. And it's like, no, he went that way. And then all of a sudden they get him. And then they had this fight with the 
killer with Donnell Log, and it was that was weird. <laughs> it was like I think bizarre. The whole backstory with the father being the original cop that took down, you know, whatever his name's um, Junior's father. I mm-hmm. felt like that was I don't know, it was sort of mishandled. I felt like we could have learned totally. a little bit. Yeah, it was like we only saw her dad in the very beginning. They only make like one mention that he was ever a cop, right? And like, yeah. I, I just feel like that could, that thread could have been like filled up a little bit more. Like we could have learned more about her her family life or something. I don't know. Just it just felt. I don't know. It didn't feel earned exactly in the end when they huh. finally tell you that like. Yeah, oh, I, he was the guy. I'm surprised to hear down. you say that. I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, well, because I I thought it was like pretty. I don't know. I feel like we are kind of reminded throughout the whole thing that her dad is a police officer. Like she goes to him and she's like, I can't do this. I'm not cut yeah, out for it. And, you know, like I can't do, I can't be the same cop you are and blah, blah. That's that main then, scene I'm, I'm talking about too. Yeah. Where he mentions that he was on the force. But. Like, I mean, they talk about it when she's like leaving in the morning and, and then later when she sees him in the, pr- I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I, it, I still had it kind of on my mind every time I saw him, but for me, I think it was good that we didn't have that we didn't know that he was the cop that brought down the guy's dad until the end. Because I think for me watching it, I didn't remember. I didn't remember the end of this movie because it had been so long since I watched it. And I was like, oh, what's I didn't I didn't remember what the motivation here was of the killer. And so um, because throughout the movie, you're seeing all these characters get picked off, but they're all characters who have done something wrong. So just like in Christmas Evil, what we were talking about last week was somebody playing Santa who has adopted this, like, uh, you know, this put upon responsibility of carrying out. Naughty you know, or nice. We're naughty mm-hmm. or nice, like yeah. moralizing, like he's judging people and then carrying out their sentence, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see that going on throughout this whole movie, like the obnoxious girl who speaks rudely to her mom and the guy who's had the deputy who's having an affair with a married woman, the married woman who's having an affair with the deputy and so on. And so the people making the porn. And so, you know, we see all these characters that, you know, of course, we know they don't really deserve to die, but we see why Santa's killing them. And then we get to the part where, um, what's her name? I'm trying to say like Brigadoon. What's her name? Um, <laughs> the, the main character. Audrey. Aubrey. Aubrey. Bradamore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brigadoon. Bradamore discovers her father has been like disemboweled basically yeah. in the house. And that I think is, that's like a, a, a puzzling. It's like a puzzle because you're like, okay, but the father hasn't done anything wrong. He seems like a really good guy. So what is this? What's going on here? And so to me, that heightens the mystery. And if we had known that he was somehow involved in the killing of this man and his son is going crazy, like that would have taken away that little bit of mystery because it doesn't seem to fit with the pattern of the previous victims. And so, yeah. It, it just made me think like there's something you didn't hear else him earlier. He was like, Stop the right. But that's the problem with the movie is, is that you did not understand that he was okay. a cop before. So, I mean, I, I think oh. if that little nugget of information was thrown in that, you know, until the end, you know, he's like sitting there and he's pointing out the Donald log character, the Santa Ricky or whatever he was, which by the way, was a nice little homage to something that I did tonight too, Santa Ricky oh, you know, nice. over there. Um, it was, yeah, it just, it, it was very confusing to me because I had to watch it till the end. And then you see this blue sky with like a couple of clouds 
And I, like to me, the biggest problem with this movie was the aesthetic. You know, okay, we're supposed to be in Wisconsin. I know what Wisconsin's like in December. You sure do. Yeah. I do. I <laughs> lived there, there for, for four years. years. Yeah. <laughs> four years. And it's like, this is not what it looks like because you don't see palm trees in the background. And it's a problem with a lot of movies. I guess it's a personal thing for me that it's like, okay, if you're going to put this in the Midwest, fine. You know, you're going to put it on a sound studio or just something, whatever. It didn't work. Didn't work for me. That's too bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you that you felt that way. Like Hyderberg, I really didn't notice, to be honest with you. Like, basically, if they put on those hats with the fuzzy flaps over their ears that I'm like, okay, we're in someplace really cold. Like that's all it takes for me to buy it. So yeah. Um, sorry. Like John, yeah. like you had said too, like I like a good mystery, but I feel like I don't want a mystery that just gets unraveled in the very end. I want some breadcrumbs that lead me, uh, enable me to maybe figure it out on my own or try and, you know, like I get, they had some red herrings and stuff, but I don't know. It just didn't feel well. It gave you the story of, of the dad that was in Montana. Because That's all they gave the you. seriousness is broken up by the weird dialogue and like cheesy characters, in my opinion. Like, I, I wish they don't put avocado on your burger. Thank you. Okay, I, I think that, that is hilarious. That John, <laughs> I'm sorry. Avocados. I talk shit about avocados, Jen. <laughs> so the, those my are the parts would be that, my uh, uncle. <laughs> what? Those are the parts that my friend Megan and I still laugh about. We're like, now you're putting avocado on the burger. It's like this movie doesn't know what kind of movie it wants to be. And my it has aunt great would be my uncle. Kills. It has like the serious killer. You know, he's almost like a, I don't know, just the campiness just didn't fit don't, with the rest of the film, in my opinion. Don't don't try to be <laughs> don't try to be the hero in my town. I'm yeah, the hero of my time. And it was like the, the, all the characters just seemed very flat. Like they were just there to deliver their lines. And they were some good, like Annie Mc, uh, uh, what's his name? Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal actor, right? But it he was like, almost like he was directed. His dialogue was terrible. Cheesy lines. I and thought I, okay. The main, ca- the main character seemed like the only one that had any dimension to her. I, like, I'm curious. On hold, on, hold on, Hyderberg. I want to know what Jacqueline thinks about Malcolm McDowell's lines seriously so i actually i think that to me malcolm mcdowell's performance is a real plus for this movie because i think it is so hammy and entertaining but it's okay so unlike in thanks killing where the the dialogue was really hammy but it just like was so stupid i i think that it was like i think that the movie is self-aware that this is really hammy, goofy dialogue. And similarly with the priest, when he's like, internet pornography. I, I, just, I thought it was hilarious. So that's just, so, I think that's maybe really a taste. I disagree because I think it was the exact same. It was supposed to be like, you know, this is the whole serious thing. And then he gets fingers chopped off. And then it's just like, you know, I, I felt bad for Malcolm McDowell for having to, he's such a great actor and you know a mo- one of my favorite movies of all time is a clockwork oh, orange yeah and he plays alex in that movie mm-hmm. is that that's right, one of the most most exactly um, most brilliant performances that you'll ever see but Agreed. he has to deliver sure. these lines of like it's like putting an avocado on a bugger and it's like now, you could tell that he that? did enjoy I, I, delivering those lines though like he had fun playing this character and i i get that but i mean the lines were terrible but thanks killing to me is a badly written movie yes with lines delivered by 
bad actors. This was yes. a this was a movie filled with some pretty good actors that had to deliver bad lines, and it just didn't feel good to me. Like it just didn't, I, I didn't it, it it just didn't vibe with me. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. All right. I guess I I guess it's just a personal taste thing. I don't know. For some reason, for some reason, it doesn't bother me. It just, might be a little nostalgic. I, I thought it was enter- you saw it in theaters with your friend. You had a good Maybe. experience the first time. Maybe you saw so. it too. Like, yeah, that, that's the first time it. I've seen it, and I had to watch it with a critical eye. So. That's well, let's true. talk about the gore it. in this movie. Let's talk oh, about the good things about this. The gore in this was hell. Yeah. The gore is so good. Yeah. So you mentioned the wood chipper scene. Did you recognize who that person was? Oh, Zombievers gal. That was Zoe from Zombievers. Was it really? The final girl. Yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. Now, I, know, oh I, I, I started to recognize her, but then once she took her top off, I totally realized who it was. <laughs> 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 um, that's a joke. There's More no kudos to her. She did this whole scene with her top Nude. off, but just... but again, as she's one, running through this like like seedy motel place, yeah, you see palm trees, and it's supposed to be in Wisconsin. Yeah, there are no palm trees in Wisconsin. For right? a minute, I was like, oh, she's got her top off. It's very gratuitous. But then I was like, you know what? It kind of lends to the scene, though. Like she's fucking so disarmed right now. She's like, yeah, basically she's vulnerable. Nude. She's yeah, yeah, she's running absolutely. Away. She, but... she almost got killed once with the fucking curtain it, it, it gave that cu- it gave an homage to to almost like a texas chainsaw yeah where like yeah. the color the color scheme because it was like it wasn't like vibrant it was very like 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 very yeah, subdued. running around this hotel where there's yeah. like nobody's there there's like no it's like totally vacant i agree with you guys and it kind of goes towards um john you were talking about your distaste for the aesthetic um again i didn't notice that stuff so now it's probably going to bother me the next time i watch it but um, but in terms of just the 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 look of the film and the color palette, I actually thought I liked it because I thought it looked kind of grimy. I did and like, like that and and sort of dark, and it wasn't slick and glossy looking, you know, like a last night in Soho or whatever. It looked kind um, kind of grainy and grimy, and a little a little like a modern grindhouse maybe type of flick. And so yeah. I I dug that. I, I, like one of my I just, favorite scenes I, is the beginning. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree only for the simple fact that that they went back and forth to that is that they try to clean it up for some of the scenes where they're in downtown where it just looks clean. But like a scene like that, where they were chasing after this gal that was in um, Zombievers, it felt grainy, it felt gritty, it felt dirty. And it was just, yeah. okay, uh, if you would have stuck with that through the whole movie, fine. But they didn't do that. I mean, some of the scenes like very bright and like even the music choices were just like so bright yeah they do tie it in a little bit sorry sorry go ahead hydroburn uh when malcolm mcdowell's character does mention like hey when did this town get so fucking grimy like so the back and forth between shiny and grimy does make a little sense as for like the town does have some seedier sections of it that we're not like some people aren't aware of but i feel like the movie itself didn't really pull that off that that well like yeah it didn't i mean and again it's just like the the aesthetic actually pulled me out of it Mm. you know there were some Mm. scenes where it was like okay it seemed cold but you never saw somebody's breath i mean the the one thing i think when you look at aesthetic of winter is that you see somebody's breath you see a pile of snow i mean it didn't have to be like eight feet high but i mean if you see snow in december okay i can get that and you're (laughs) You're gonna see somebody's breath (laughs) Well, yeah. and, and again, I mean, even even watching um, 
what was it? Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. They were even Northern California and it was, they were walking outside and then you could see their breath as they're talking that, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're, you're in California, but you think sunny, hot, you're never going to see that, but you saw that. And this yeah, you is had a mentioned Christmas that time. during that VHS uh, short with the Yeah, vampire. exactly. So, you know, they so, were... so for me, it's just, you don't get that cold that. feeling. It, it, you watch a movie with the aesthetic of like, I feel cold or I feel hot or I mm-hmm. like, like Texas Chainsaw. And he's like, God, I don't want to be in the desert where I'm sweating my ass off. I didn't feel that at all. I, I, I thought they were just wearing a wardrobe that was like, oh, hey, we're in the cold weather in Wisconsin. <laughs> and that's all. You know, that's a that's a really good point. And I think I think the reason that I didn't pick up on that is because I'm a Florida girl. And so like those details totally elude me. And I'm like, oh, they're wearing heavy clothing and fuzzy hats. They must be cold. <laughs> so yeah. like I don't notice if you don't see somebody's breath because I'm not used to it. Yeah. So uh, I guess it fools the the people who live in warm climates, but not those who are who know what it's really like to be in a. Well, you know winter. what palm trees look like. <laughs> Jacqueline. I, I just mean, didn't know. I didn't but know. Like in the background, it. you I see a palm tree, and it's like that does not grow in Wisconsin. This is not Midwest, right here. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say earlier, Jacqueline? I, I think I. Oh, you. I was going to say uh, you were talking about the, how the aesthetic isn't consistent and how it kind of goes back and forth. Like there are real grimy parts, but then they're more like bright, like kind of brighter parts, like during the parade and stuff. I th- I wonder if maybe that's. Um, that's kind of a juxtaposition because this is supposed to be like a shiny, happy holiday and it's Christmas yeah. and jingle bells and uh, tinsel on your tree and lights and happiness. And so it seems, I don't know, it makes sense to me that in kind of the, the seemingly normal parts or where nothing bad is supposed to be happening, like the, the Christmas parade and the, the mayor's house when he's, you know, getting ready for his party or whatever, like those are supposed to be kind of warm and, brightly lit and cheerful looking and then it, it has to kind of change modes into something darker and grimier so sure. i don't know for me it, it worked it kind of is it like signals what the tone of the scene is supposed to be like john you mentioned before like the small town there's like that scene where she like walks down the street in the small town like santa's up there putting the marquee li- letters up on the the um movie theater it just seems so set up like it just like everybody feels like they're hitting their marks and they're walking around. Oh, hey, hey, what's going on? It just all feels like it's missing a little bit of that movie magic that put it, the scene. It bothered me because of the cinematography, movie. the way it yeah. was angled, like at, yeah. at her chin and just kind of like going it, below. It stood her. out to me. Like, like for the entire time of her, I just, I, I didn't understand that. I'm like, okay, I don't feel the warmth of. You know, hey, Aubrey, how are you doing? And I'm just like, I, I was taken out of it by the shot of it, the cinematography uh-huh. of that shot, almost like they were on a dolly and they were watching her like from below the entire time. And it's just like, oh, let's go back over here. And it says Merry Christmas on the uh, the movie theater marquee. And it's just, I didn't feel it. I mean, it, it was uh, directing. Because there's good actors in this, and I think maybe they were just directed to be a certain way that they, you know, Book, you went you, along with. You bring up the the fact of Malcolm McDowell. He had the stupidest lines yeah, in the movie. Jamie King's a good actress. She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I I thought the acting was was fine. I I didn't really have the problem except the daughter of the mayor. Tiffany. She was awful. Uh, yeah. And her she boyfriend. Was her boyfriend was terrible. <laughs> 
Her boyfriend oh, yeah. was even worse. I fucking hated that little douchebag. Oh, and by the way, that was another homage of the grandpa. Like Jacqueline, I think you yeah. brought up that the grandpa was like like the harbinger of this. Yes, mm-hmm. it's I mean, Christmas. Like comes out of his stupor for a minute. Just to warn he, he's kind of tonic, like and then all of a sudden he goes. His voice was like, yeah. for a second, "I know dad. it's Whoa. the scariest night of the year." That was yeah. wild. I mean, like yeah, to me, that, that that I liked it. That popped money from it. I, I laughed and I went, "Oh, there you go." There's Silent Night. That, that kid was right such there. a douchebag too. He was like. The nurse comes in. She's like, I have to give him a bath. Do you want to help? And then he's like, no, I have somewhere to go. And then he like bumps <laughs> into the fucking woman. Yeah. The Rude. nurse. Like, what a dick. Didn't it feel like she was flirting with him a little bit, though? For a minute, like her, face, her facial features, right? She was yeah, she, like, she kind of smiles at him and he's like, no, I've got well, he isn't a I'm going to be late. Like, and chicks throw themselves at him. And he had a stupid ass haircut. <laughs> Damn but I didn't like the scene with him and Tiffany. Like, I don't know, just like them getting killed was it was satisfying. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I enjoyed that. all the kills. No, let's talk. Movie. Let's yeah. talk about that scene real quick because yeah. actually, that was a really good scene. Yeah. Because the, the way like, she goes, "How did you get from the bed to that?" The and it, 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 it was like it was like almost calling the director out as like, "How did you get from here to there?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, you came out here, but I didn't even see you. And she generally like her acting looked pretty decent. Like you could see some dread on her on I, her face. I thought, like, yeah, really I thought scared. that was great because it was like he's like, There's nobody in here. All of a sudden the door shuts and then and like, there's the killer. And the I love the killer's like, rest, right just the darkness around the eyes. Like how know? did that look? The, 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 the aesthetic really of, the, the, of the killer. I thought it I loved it. Great. One of my favorite yeah. parts. That and the girl are two of the things that I love the most about mm-hmm. this film, but it so felt the like a Michael Myers type who... where you didn't get any kind of expression. Yes. No, the never. eyes were darked out and it was yep. just like this this beard with this cut out like baby face looking Like when he kills um, the chick in the wood chipper and like just oh. the blood is like splattered all over him. And he's just like, whatever. Like, I mean, he's just still stuffing it down there. That was so extreme. I, I loved it. I mean, that's, that's something you don't see in a film every day. That's for no, sure. That a good um, and I think it took some balls to to go there. How about the so. scythe and the nuts? That was pretty oh. rad. Yeah, it was. Oh, when with, that guy the, wasn't the dead porn yet. film or the picture taker guy. Yeah. Oh, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the initial kill when he kills the lady at the door. Just like boom, right through the gut. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There was or some the really- kid. I like like the little cow prod, and then all of a sudden a poker them. through her face. She yeah, there were lots of creative bit. creative kills. I mean, there I mean there was just kill after kill in this. I did a count. <sighs> I came up with thirteen. I, I'm not sure if I caught all of them, but I came up with thirteen when I tried to sit down and count all of them. That's a that's a pretty good body count, and several of them were Christmas themed, like I the antlers through the antlers yeah. through the body, <laughs> the electrocution with the Christmas lights. Um, the uh, getting choked with the Christmas lights, the mayor. Yeah, the mayor. Oh, the mayor okay, was so, so that's stupid. That was a watch to the first Silent Night, Deadly Night. That was perfect. all right. So that, yeah, there's more than I I picked. There's more than I didn't pick up then. Mm-hmm. So I like I think that it was like we did not get gypped out of good kills in this no, movie. That's for sure. I think we were sort of constantly yeah. entertained with that. Um, and I also really liked in the scene where the Santa is. Um, like kind of stalking Jamie King throughout the police station. And she's, tr- well, I guess they're stalking each other really. Yeah. Um, the lights, the lighting was all red and green. That was cool. 
And I, I thought that was pretty awesome because it made it look like creepy and festive. I almost like any scene in a movie where like a killer fucking assaults a police station, like even a malignant, you know, like like a Terminator, like any scene where that happens, like it takes fucking balls to go after the cops like that, even in a small town. Yeah, yeah, but like, there was only three cops. Take... I know, well, there was four. One of them died at the beginning, but <laughs> like the the fucking sheriff had his moment to just shoot the guy, and he's like, "What are you gonna do with a flamethrower? Like, just shoot the fucking guy already, bro." <laughs> yeah, but then we would have had that awesome flamethrower shot. I know that's then... true, but the thing is, is that should have okay, put a little so avocado a on top of the guy after with... and dead. some hummus. Yeah, yeah some hummus. How is how is that gonna work? When the fire alarm's going off and it's watering down, how's a flamethrower going to work? John, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. We were given an amazing shot of a flamethrower. Yeah, they just had to cue in the flamethrower. I guess that was just the poster. I'm, I'm sorry, Jacqueline. It. That was the poster. So, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely it was. right. So Honestly, that was like one of my least favorite kills, mouth. though. As much as I dislike the dialogue from the sheriff, I didn't like <sighs> hate the, the man himself. Like, his dialogue was just bad. He was sort of a tool, though. But you could... yeah, he, he, he brought up uh, don't don't put avocado on a cheeseburger, and then he said, yeah, "Oh, you're putting hummus on it now." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, is you're that? just leaning into the same shitty joke and making it. Yeah. Also, uh, like, sorry, Megan, they didn't so, like that part. So Aubrey's sorry, Megan. Uh, so <laughs> Aubrey's character, I felt like it could have been so much better. Like her backstory with her, like. Was it a husband? Was it a boyfriend? I don't husband know. That's the we don't thing. know, right? They the mentioned it like it was a John. big deal, and then we don't get really get anything about it. We don't get anything. That's true. It was John, and she had trauma, and she couldn't Did go die? to work. Did she got a phone call at the beginning of the movie. It's like, it's a bad day for me. And then we find out later in the movie that somebody named John. And was there like, a scene where like she wasn't able to pull the trigger and defend him or something? She froze up, and he died because of it? Like I don't, I don't, maybe I don't I know. Well, You're right. Called, That's... Yeah, she killed Mr. Snow, the the guy that was a, the what's his name? The, yeah, and you see drug, her shake drug, before she Carson, him, right? Carson. Yeah, that that's it. Cool Carson. That's Carson with two sweet. S's. Dude, the 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 brains, like the blood gushing out after the guy got shot, was fucking over the top. I loved it. I yeah, it was fun. Yeah, but no, I agree with you. I think that was a real like plot hole. Is like we don't really know what happened with her yeah. husband. All we know is that it's her first Christmas without John. Yeah. That's, what did that's, he die? Did he know. leave? We don't know. I assumed that he died. I think so too. Just, but I, wow. I guess, I guess we don't really know for sure. But I, I that's what I assumed. But you know, what I happens was really when you waiting assume. for Carson's gun to be a fucking cigarette lighter, like a flame to come out the end of it, and she shot him by <laughs> like he didn't deserve I, to die. I'm, I'm glad that it didn't turn out that yeah, way because I don't want to watch somebody. That's where I thought die. it was going from it. I was like, is this going to be a cigarette lighter? Well, and then she'd be racked with guilt and like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I didn't, I just the guy didn't was wanted a to take that turn. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really deserve to die, but he did pull a gun on her. So, you know, she had yeah. to do it. So, yeah. But, um, so, yeah. So the end of the movie, we find out that, um, the actual killer's dad flamed down his wife and her lover and little Santa Claus future was sitting in the truck and then dad of of Aubrey was actually the cop that yeah. shot Officer Bradmore. Bradmore mm-hmm. shot guy. And, um, you know, so um, Junior watches his mom and dad both die in like one night. 
I did like the makeup of the of the killers at the end. I mean, just the way his face is burned. No, here's the thing. Like, they don't really show you for a minute there. I was like, wait, what is this a scene after? Is this I for a minute I thought it was him showing up to town to start killing people because mm-hmm. he's burned. And I'm like, oh, maybe. And then I'm like, wait, he never got burned as a kid. So no, oh, okay. and it made per- it made perfect sense to me yeah. of seeing that mask burn at the end. Yeah, you see the mask burn at the end, and then all of a sudden you see his face burn. Yeah, but that kind of burn is not something you just walk away from and just like patch up. I understand. I again, you know, it's just one of those movies of where you like. I know. What the fuck? Go ahead. Like like half your face would be totally melted off. It wouldn't just be like a little scar. Absolutely. (laughs) I do kind of like the fact that, like, all right, he got away. And what was the point of the the chimney cleaning truck that he had? He's Santa Claus cleaning and something. He's Santa. Santa comes down the chimney, bro. Oh, okay. okay. I, I didn't. I didn't put that together I, I, either. Hello, yeah, Christmas Evil. Watch episode twenty-three. Hyderberg just looked at us like we were the biggest. I know. It's like, like, like <laughs> his fat ass did not fit down the chimney. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I actually like the killer is one of the biggest like high water mark, like high marks for me on this film. Oh, like, the kills were great, and so not just great. the kills, but just his like he's imposing as fuck when he's on yeah, scene. He is. He doesn't do a ton, but when he's he on makes, there, like he makes he, one one comment throughout. I wish he uh, never not talked. nice when he kills Donnell Log. By the way, that that little monologue that Donnell Log does in the jail was yeah. so good. Yeah, so I mean, good. He, he, he good just actor. he went for it. Yeah, you guys are talking like, about bad dialogue, know, but this was a well written. It was because he's talking about how shitty your wife is. You, yeah, your wife leaves you. Blah blah blah. And it was just that was so good. You're right. It was. I just I went. Ooh, I was impressed by that. Yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking, and it really makes you feel for him, even though he's been acting like a jerk. Well, and you know that he's not the killer because he makes he makes that monologue, and you're like, yeah, it just kind of reminds you that like the holidays. They're different for everybody. And if you have yeah. trauma in your life or stuff that's happened, you know, sometimes the holidays bring out the that part of it. And, you know, it's did nice. You, did you feel, did you guys feel, I'm curious, uh, Heidelberg and Jacqueline, did you feel anybody had to die in this movie? What do you mean? Like more? Like you look at the characters, because there were so many characters that were thrown at us, which was Not a really. problem with the movie. Did you feel anybody had to die? No, like what? What did? What I did, mean, it's a slasher. Yes, John. What do you I feel think? Like the sheriff shits on avocados, but I don't know if he needs to die because of that. The Who priest do you think had to die. The no, priest. the priest. Yes, I forgot the about the priest. Him. Needed. Oh yeah, die. he was totally. <laughs> he was the most him. satisfying death of the entire movie. He was so like heavy handed though. Like, I get it. Priests but, uh, are like. But There's, that's the point. I mean, I that's know, red herring. So you think he? You like? How does a priest like that even? Even live in a town like that without anybody ever figuring out that he's like a creep. <laughs> you see the old lady's face while he's doing his sermon. Like, I don't. I couldn't tell I if he liked the, it or I, didn't like it. I thought the I thought the follow up to that was great because like the priest dies, he gets his fingers chopped off and like his ass chopped yeah, yeah, up. I love him. And then he like the the killer the money, hands yeah. the old lady the, the money lady. of like keeping the that was You're nice. Did you see the priest too when he's like, come right in. We're pretty packed out, but you might find a but, seat but, up front. Like, I, I there's one the person in the fucking. I thought place. the character built. Well, that was that, that was the point. It was like ironic. I know. 
Yeah, the, the character build of that priest it was wasn't delivered it because he's grabbing Aubrey's arm and he's getting he's squeezing tighter and tighter. And then he's taking pictures of these these women that are part <laughs> oh, of Oh yeah, parade. I forgot about that. And he's like <laughs> taking pictures of of their breast or or, or like yeah. them in this, you know, tightly fitting Santa outfit. See, that scene and you're like this subtle. guy needs to die. Like taking right pictures while they're not they don't know what you're you're looking at with the viewfinder is a little bit more subtle. But the whole like talking to Aubrey and touching her arm was so heavy handed to me. Like it was just like, oh, we get and it. That's fine, but, but, priest, like, but, but you saw him later of like taking a picture. Just one more. Just one more. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm establishing that I'm the creep here. So that was your red herring first, you know, at the beginning of the movie, because I never got that. With them. Well, well, you were great. The way he was grabbing her arm, so it was like no, I got that he was okay, a creep. maybe it's not that he maybe. Would. I never thought that he was one of the Santas. I didn't. That that was my initial thought. Yeah, I did. I didn't either. But John, you do make a strong argument for uh, the the priest deserving to die. I think that was a, yes. a very strong Justin and persuasive argument <laughs> because we have a cooter right here with this motherfucker. Yeah, definitely a cooter. That's for sure. <laughs> he wasn't really a priest, so what? What looking attire, uh, yeah. manipulative. Because he was a priest, sexual deviancy off the. Oh, he manipulated. He took people's um, their donations. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, pathetic. He was pathetic. Totally. He tried to preach to one person, and it was just like, "I'm a priest. I know." What I will I'm say, about. I, I like to see the pervy priest over the pedophile priest. That's because that's cliche. Like everybody does that. So at least he was pervy towards women instead of. That still grosses me out. Still, no, it does. Still, it's, it's still horrible. But going back to that moment, John, you mentioned where the the killer Santa gives the money to the the old lady that the priest pocketed for himself. I think that really that and one other moment really drive home that this is not just a maniac killer who's killing willy nilly. No. I mean, he is a maniac, but he's killing according to a code, a moral code that he's established. And so he gives the money to the old lady. And you remember he gives the candy cane to the little girl after he kills it was all Tiffany bloody. and the boyfriend. Yeah. And, oh, and so it was he bloody. Her candy cane. He didn't he didn't harm her. Correct. Which but, is but... also an homage to Silent Night. Because when he kills Linnea Quigley and the boyfriend, there's a the little girl that they're babysitting, right? Correct. Kids, but what yeah. did he give her? Did he give her a candy cane? No. What did he give her? I don't remember. He gave her a box cutter. Oh, yeah. The box cutter ah. that he kills her with. That's right. A bloody box cutter. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it was kind of an homage. But then, you know, it holds true throughout the movie, like you said, Jacqueline, but until the end. It's like, like, what did what did the, the uh, receptionist do or the. the he didn't kill the receptionist. Well, I understand that. But it, but it, but again, he was trying to kill Aubrey, who did what? Yeah, what did she well, do? Well, he's punishing her as like a descendant of the of, of the father. That's how I or took maybe, it anyway. Maybe he That's wasn't fine. actually going to try to kill her, but since she was coming after him, yes, he's going to take maybe her out. so. Maybe so. Since he didn't actually kill her, then we we don't know. Yeah. We, we'll never know. The world will never know. But he got I guess that makes more sense. Is that that? Yeah, maybe he did have a code, and yeah. I, I don't mean that jokingly. I mean, yeah, maybe he yeah. did because he did not try to. Well, I guess he did because she was trying to kill him. And she well, did and also, throw the receptionist in or, or <clears throat> went into the uh, receptionist, went into the he closet the off. Yeah. and he yeah. knocked the, yeah, he knocked the doorknob off and didn't go after her. But so she would have died. It's... He set the place on fire. So I feel like she would have died. From that. No, I, but I she think used it's a, basically, sorry, go ahead. No, she used the flamethrower on the sheriff, which is what caused the, 
spread yeah, their system. Yeah, but he set the rest of the place on fire. Right. And so this this other Donnell Log was trying to kill him. So not dangerous his face into. Oh man, did you see those brass knuckles that said O O O? So Oh, I, I couldn't tell what they said. I was, I was it, it trying was, to see it. Was, it was ho 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 backwards, but like when he punches his face, uh, it says ho ho ho. That's says, funny. Oh, and he demolished I knew it said something face. and I just yeah. couldn't make it out. But so I think it's I think it's just like a vendetta against police as an entity, you know, yeah. because he's so traumatized by what happened to his father. D- and so it's just it's it's yeah. it, yes, it's specifically against Bradamore, but more generally, I think it's just like kill the police. Right. Um, they're responsible and everybody naughty yes and everybody naughty so there's, it's kind of like it's kind of twofold here. childhood trauma yeah just like know. silent night the original one too so they set it up for a sequel which i'm glad they didn't make oh my god you know oh because oh, he drives well, away he's fine he's burnt but you know whatever it's not too late it's not too late it's only been nine years they could still do a sequel Jacqueline, don't give don't give Hollywood any ideas because you know how much they listen to us, right? What if Zoe survived the wood chipper? <laughs> I'm just calling her Zoe. Yes, what if her little <laughs> foot comes running out? I'm I lying. love that I he picked up her foot out. and then threw that in too. Yeah, like while she's watching. Like... And I was just thinking like phantom pains. I'm like, oh, can she feel her foot going through that even though it's not connected anymore? <laughs> that was a dope kill though. Because yeah, like 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 the camera kill. shots were like, like back and forth, and it's just it felt like. Um, and I know this movie was before uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but man, it felt like that kill because it was like so humorous oh, to me. Awesome. And it was just you, <laughs> at the very end, you saw the smoke coming out because obviously, like the the generator or the 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 machine itself was starting to smoke down because you're grinding bones through this, and it was. It was fun. I like the way he put the leg he cut off first. In yeah. There. He's like, Broom. she gets to put- see him like grind up her foot. Like, yeah, you ain't getting that back. And 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 he gets her in uh uh legs first and then puts her in. <laughs> it's just he's pushing her down. And the way she's screaming was really good. I thought that was a, a great scene, but also it was like the aesthetic of that shot was everything was green. Uh, that's where they blued it down a little bit, where they made it a little grainy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you saw the palm trees in the background as she's running through the hotel. And there just happened to be this field out here. And hey, we're at the Christmas Santa Christmas parade, but we're in a farm field, I guess, in Northern California, Central California. But we're going to put you through this, which was fun. <laughs> well, I like there were a couple of moments later in the film where um, somebody says to somebody else, I think maybe the sheriff says to, Bradamore, uh, go out and see if you can find any traces of the other girl. Like, I think there's mention of that a couple times. And I love those moments because we as the audience know you ain't finding no traces of that girl. Right. (laughs) You're not going to find her. Yeah. Check the atmosphere. (laughs) Yeah. What about the mom where her daughter got killed? I mean, the mom seemed traumatized, but like she's got a whole bottle. She's got a whole bottle of vodka or something like that. She's just chugging it down, and she's like, "Sheriff, you don't want to go in there and see that because once you see it, you can't unsee it." That scene was weird to me though, because the amount of time that passed since that was like the second kill we got to see, right? Right, the little girl, and then like 
a long time of the movie passes and then finally the sheriff goes there to see the dead girl. So how long did the mom just sit out on the porch before she called the cops? That's what I thought. Nobody too, went there? Because it was nighttime. Yeah. It's like, where, where was the mom? The hotel but, but, scene but, happened before all that? But you want to talk about continuity of the movie is that you talk about um, uh, Jordan, Officer Jordan or, sheriff, or Deputy Jordan that was electrocuted and the... Uh, the wife of that one guy that you saw in the, the police station is that there's a stink coming from this house. And how long have they been dead? Like maybe a couple hours. We don't know. Yeah. In the cold. Yeah. yeah in, the, in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> Although he still looked pink and she looked like freshly carved up, like with her head yeah. off and torso sitting right there. And, and he chopped up her whole body. Hold it. <laughs> that was a great scene, though. Like like her hand, her cut off hand holding, holding the cell phone. phone. Yeah. That was a good dismemberment. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I, I really like that beginning scene, too. And I like how you see the killer gets set up and the chick's like gagged and tied up and just like, mm-hmm. you're like, what, it, shit, what is going and it was like he just like, had gotten into town, I guess, because he still had his costume like yeah. in the bag. In the bag, he was you know setting up. Mm-hmm. And then when it, he it goes felt like there, it felt like the beginning of seven to me, the way they set yeah. it up, because like the yes. way he was shaving his face and it was just I really wish like the, the house was grimy. Going with that, and, and everything was just kind of like like mm-hmm. the, aesthetically, it was very very gross. Mm-hmm. Like this house has been run down for so long, and this guy seven shaving his face in dirty water. And then he puts his mask on. He cuts off the, the the mouth part and puts the beard on it. And I thought that was cool. It looked really good. Now, just like, wow, this movie's going to be serious. And then all of a sudden, you hear it said, "It's like putting avocados on your cheeseburger." Okay, come on now, jeez, Louise. Like it's like it's lines like that that ruined that the movie really took for me out of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't um, mind lines like that in a movie that has that type of aesthetic but this movie goes back and forth where I wish he, he goes he goes did. into that house right he's like right behind uh aubrey and and that's and jacqueline i'm just bringing up a point is that the sheriff malcolm mcdowell comes in and says you don't need to be the hero i'm the hero now that was a serious scene and then he and it, it was like are you serious yeah, like dialogue, like right? lines like that you're like what? or like like the parade scene i would have loved that that parade scene was more like a dreamlike sequence where like She's like surrounded by Santas and she's like, like they kind of do that a little bit, but it would have been so much better if like they're bumping into her and like she's they like given starting you, to lose it a little bit. Like they could have given you a backstory of, of her husband or boyfriend or fiance, whoever Maybe it was she notices John, a guy who of what like happened to him. him. We didn't even see what he looked like. No, it was just it was insinuated. Oh, John, yeah. was, those are fair going, points. Those yeah. are fair points. I, I don't disagree with you guys. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Um, any other major notes you guys want to touch on before we give our ratings? Yes. Do not put avocados on your burger. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're or never going to put hummus on your burger. I mean, I don't or know hummus. what that's all about. Or hummus. Honest, honestly, an avocado oh, tastes pretty good on a burger. I agree. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, a good, good closing remark, John. <laughs> right. Jacqueline, uh, it, it's your movie. So how are we rating this bad boy? All right. Well, I would say in terms of pros, I think that the pacing is really good in this movie. I was never bored. Um, We get a lot of kills. Uh, It's not like in Christmas Evil. Again, I I realized that this was a problem with my expectations, not the film, but I was expecting a slasher. And so I was like, we only have two murder scenes. Like what? 
what is this? But this movie, we have like over a dozen kills and it's not a long movie. It's a short movie and they pack them in there. The gore was fantastic. I really love the aesthetic uh, of the the griminess juxtaposed with the kind of shiny, happy, um, you know, Christmas warmth type of scenes. That just really worked for me. Um, I, I totally hear you guys that you didn't enjoy the hammy performances by Malcolm McDowell and the priest, namely. Uh, for me, those were really entertaining. I think they just kind of hit me right. And Hyderberg, you might be right. It might be kind of a nostalgia thing since um, my friend Megan and I saw this together and had a good time with it. You know, I remember sitting in the theater and just kind of laughing together. And it was a fun atmosphere to be in a theater full of people and, you know, get these kind of silly lines. So I, I maybe that maybe you're right. That's where that's coming from. I could see if the audience was digging it, too. Like you get that, you know, you feed off the audience, too, in a movie like this. So mm-hmm. I can see that feeling. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, I still enjoyed it, but I get that you guys didn't, you know, that's cool. Doesn't hurt my feelings. Uh, Major pro is that it's not sad, uh, like the original film. You know, I didn't feel depressed watching this poor kid, you know, suffer for 20 minutes with, you know, getting, um, you know, getting abused by a nun and watching his parents die and his mom almost gets raped. I, I don't need it. I don't need it. So I'm glad that this movie doesn't have that. Um, I really liked Jamie King as the main character. Um, I thought that she gave us some grounding and some, she played it mm. earnestly. You know, she was taking mm-hmm. it seriously. She wasn't, you know, phoning it in, um, but it wasn't overly serious. It was, I think she just struck, struck a good tone like she was tough but she was also had you know she had some tenderness to her she was really human and I felt like I could identify with her and follow her story throughout the movie um so yeah I just I think it's just a fun movie it delivers what I want from a slasher um it's not gonna win any Oscars I would laugh uproariously if it did. Um, the drawbacks, as I see it, are it doesn't really add anything new, particularly to the genre. It's, you know, you could definitely say it's formulaic. There are some plot holes. There, there are things that we would probably like to know and we don't get to find out, like what happened to her husband. And uh, you're, you're not wrong. I think her, her family relationship, like with her parents, is a little thin. You know, we could have a little bit more of that. Um, so I, I think I think that's about it. So I, I still think this movie fucks and I'm going to come down on a 7.5 pureed porn stars. <laughs> so that's my that's my rating. Johnny, what is she you want to go? Star? What's that? Pureed. What's pureed. She well, I mean, it was like softcore porn. All right. So we didn't even see any blood. <clears throat> Yeah, Jacqueline, I agree with you. I, I, I think I think the character of Aubrey Jamie King did really, really well. Yeah. Uh, I disagree. I I would have loved to know a little bit of the backstory of the family, not knowing that the dad was a cop before, um, until the very end or or, or three quarters of the way in. I would have liked to know more about her fiance, boyfriend, husband, whoever it was, John. I would have liked to know a little bit more about her trauma. So I think it would have added a little bit more to the character. I thought Donnell Locke was great. I thought he was, he definitely was a throwaway character, but their intera- the two interactions that they had of 
him being a harassing Santa, like a traveling harassing Santa kind of gave you not a lot, but a little bit of a red herring, but you also understood that he wasn't. And like the dialogue that he delivered in the jail was so good. Uh, I agree with you. I think the kills were like perfect. I mean, just because they were so creative and, you know, wood chippers, you don't see a lot. And, you know, just using the scythe and, and the ax was like the major thing. We didn't mention that there was an ax battle in this, which was a lot of fun to watch. Mm. Um, you don't see a lot of killers use a flamethrower. Um, but it, it was so disjointed. And I love Malcolm McDowell. One of my favorite movies of all time is A Clockwork Orange. You know, I loved him as Alex in that, in that movie because he was so sadistic. Uh, became good, but then reverted back to who he was. Because to me, Malcolm McDowell is like one of the most awesome character actors that you'll ever see. But I couldn't believe him as a Midwest sheriff, you know, and he's still using his same accent, a British. <laughs> and the lines he delivered were so fucking dumb. You know, I, 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 I know I'm stuck on the avocado one or you just added hummus <laughs> to this or, you know, my aunt would be my uncle. And it's just like. That wasn't him. That was the script. So yeah. I can't blame him for that. Um I'm going to land the aesthetically. No, it wasn't pleasing to me because it didn't feel like winter. You know, I, I think that we've seen other movies, even in the past two weeks, we've seen Christmas horror movies where aesthetically it landed that it's cold, that it's, it's Christmas time. It's not here because you see palm trees, you know, and it's John Carpenter's made the same mistake with Halloween, but one of my favorite movies of all time, but I can't forget this movie because of a lot of the problems with it, but, but I am going to stick with being a flaccid fuck and say 5.5 out of what was it? Uh, round up pureed porn, porn stars, pureed porn stars, 5.5 out of 10 pureed porn stars. Okay. All right, cool. I respect that. I respect that. Hydroberg. I'm coming in, coming in with the hot take. Uh Oh, <laughs> Uh, this movie's got some fantastic gore. Really good gore. That head split scene, they don't cut away. Oh, man. It's yeah, we didn't awesome. even talk about that. Like, That's that so kid's good. dead already, right? And then he just adds insult to injury and just splits his fucking head open. And it's like, oh, yes. And he was such an unlikable character. You just love seeing it. I know I sound like a horrible person. Sadistic fuck. Take it out of context. <laughs> I sound horrible. I'm never going to run for office because that sound bite will be used. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what's holding you back from running for office oh yeah yeah that and my love of boobs the christmas light ele- electrocution <laughs> scene in the beginning i thought was fucking awesome um i've never really seen that before the wood chipper scene and i wrote down the ed lord kill which is the kid the douchebag i forgot his name i just wrote edge lord because that's sort of what he was um those were great uh, the priest kill was really good just because like watching these unlikable characters get killed was really good. It's very satisfying. Yeah, it was. I I liked I think the movie in some of the scenes, the cinematography was really well done. It almost felt like different people were directing different scenes, though. Like, like there was an A team and a B team mm. and like the scenes like that. Like you said that beginning scene that seemed like seven fucking love that aesthetic. I wish this film leaned on that heavily like i wanted a serious if this thing was a gritty slasher 
with some gore. Like I would have loved this film a lot more and it would have became more of a rotational film for my, you know, my yearly um, Christmas horror movies. Um, so maybe if Rob Zombie had directed it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, with the with the dialogue, I, I think maybe he ghost wrote the script, maybe. No, he would. He wouldn't throw. There would have been like, more little, fucks in there, though. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't throw and in the will, avocado will, on the burger and all that. He'd keep it serious. It, no, no, he would have said, "I would have skull fucked you with a burger or something like." Yeah, that. nobody skull fucks a burger. Oh my. God. Anyway. No, I think he would have kept it serious and grimy all the way throughout. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I also I really love the killer's look. Like I know he's just like a Santa, but like, man, they pull off like fucking scary Santa really well. You know. Like that scene where he's going up the stairs and like uh, Tiffany like bumps into him, whatever. And like you see him look back like real quick. It's just like Hyderberg real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off here. But did it remind you of Alice Sweet Alice? Like that look, of, like, yes. like the, the front part, like where the makeup was on it. Yes. Like the clear that, mask, but with the tinted. Yeah. OK. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and and again, I I should have brought that up during our review. But yeah, it, it felt like Alice Sweet Alice. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just yeah, and I I do like his uh, his look. I like his presence. Um, it's very imposing. Like whenever he's on scene, it's just fucking. You believe this guy being like they you know they say like oh he's got a big foot, he's a big boy. But like when you see him on scene, he does have that look to him. Like you could tell that like okay maybe he could throw an axe across the room and and take out somebody like that you know or maybe he could cut off somebody a woman's leg in one chop. Um, my cons though. There's some really bad written dialogue, like really bad. I'm looking at you, Sheriff Cooper. I'm looking at you, buddy. All right. <laughs> There's some forgettable, unlikable characters as well. Like not like no one character ever feels like alive beyond the point of delivering their barely written lines like or flashing their tits like like the deputy Guile. He just comes in the room and delivers his lines and it just seems like forced like I don't know. It just seems like they've mainly focused on Audrey as the main character, and she's the only one that seemed to have any depth. And even then, we didn't get enough of her depth, right? Like, Did the that other, other deputy just, have a cold or something like that? Is that the insinuation of what he had? Was it a cold? Maybe. Or like, or the one operator I thought was, was decent enough. Like, she was played... She was meant to be funny, sort of. Like, that's kind of like her personality. Sure. But not every... Not every person is a funny person, right? And every person in this movie was trying to be like a funny person. This didn't work for me. Uh, I just thought there were a lot of missed opportunities um, for this film. The last, uh, the story just fell flat for me, in a sense. Um, Just thought they could have done a better job of uh, connecting the threads of Aubrey's like dad being a cop previously in, in the backstory of the killer. Um, the backstory of Audrey in general with her like husband or whatever, like there's just there's they they hinted at stuff, but never actually delivered. And I just felt like that could have helped for me feel more invested in these characters. And like the film jumps back and forth between wanting to be serious and funny. And the funny stuff just didn't work as much as the serious did for me. I like the serious part more. Um so with that said, I'm going to come in with a four out of 10 pureed porn stars. Mm. All right. It's not the worst. I it's not the it. worst. It's, I, I, I said it was funny. under a flaccid fuck. So, yeah, yeah that's true. not the worst score you've ever given. That's fine. 
Right. Oh, please tell me you have some trivia about this, Jacqueline. Please, please. I please. do. Not, nice. not a ton, but but I do have some. Um, this film was partially inspired by the real life Covina Holiday Massacre, which took place on Christmas Eve in 2008. Do either of you guys know anything about that? I do. I you do? What, what do you know, Hyderberg? I told you about it. Right? You did? Yeah. You're talking about the flamethrower? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Canada, right? I believe. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think All right, so. so. The story of like a guy, he got divorced from his wife. He was pissed off about the divorce. He was down on his luck. He, he owed money already, I believe. And like he went to the holiday party dressed as Santa with a flamethrower and uh, like an assault rifle or something like that. And he killed majority of the people in the fucking house. He opened the door. He killed like a child right away and assaulted them with uh, like a machine gun and also a flamethrower. And then oh I think eventually God. either took his own life or the cops took his life, which the film being based on that, I, I don't know whether that's like, I don't know. It feels a little dirty or if it, I get it. Like you, you base well, things it, off of real life, like art, it, image life. I get it. So yeah, it's horrific. And you know, they, they didn't touch a lot on the 13 year old little girl getting killed but that that was very disturbing. Yeah. You know, the fact that he she got a cow prod to her and then all of a sudden skewered like that. Yeah. They didn't touch on that a lot, which I I think I appreciated more because the only thing they showed like was the aftermath. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, it's like one of those movies where it's like you don't see it happen, but you see it kind of off screen of the killer doing this, like towards the screen, and then you don't see it until later. And then, and oh, man. And then the it brings you back to that. You're like, story. that's disturbing. That's the part that they borrowed, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I would. I, I think I would have appreciated a little more of an upgraded version of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And Jacqueline, I you don't want because you didn't like it. <laughs> you didn't well, I, haven't like that. Se- I haven't seen Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Oh, no, no, no. I, I meant one. I'm sorry. The, oh, the original. Okay. The original. Okay. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I don't know. That, don't watch it. I don't, know if, I don't know if I'll go back to that. Don't but. watch two because that's, it's like half of the, never mind. I, I won't spoil it. Okay. Because I might watch that if there's no like, you know, dwelling on childhood trauma. There is. Well, then no, no I will not. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is the third remake of a 1980s horror film in which Jamie King has starred. She previously starred in My Bloody Valentine remake, which yeah. I also enjoy, and Mother's Day from 2010, which is a remake mm. of the uh, the trauma film from 1980. So this is her third 80s remake. remake. I didn't How was the remake? I, I haven't seen Mother's Day. I saw Mother's Day for the first time, uh, Joe Bob, last year. The OG? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I missed that too. I came in right as it was ending, so I didn't I didn't get to see it. So uh yeah, I guess she's just the go-to girl for 1980s horror film remakes. There's a lot of traumatic violence towards women in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not not worth the watch, trust me. I don't know. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> I, think I gotta recommend okay. it John. I think it is. Okay. I don't just to to be aware of like, I don't know. As a horror fan, I feel like part of me wants to consume most of horror even if it's stuff that's not as enjoyable like this movie like and now well, i've seen it right so well, the thing is is like like for me but if it upsets movies, you i get not wanting to watch it trauma mm-hmm. movies are tongue-in-cheek mother's yeah. day felt like more like a little more serious 
Hmm. It does. There's serious scenes in there. Yeah. Not hmm. like most trauma movies. So, but sometimes as horror fans, that's what we're looking for, right? You find a film that makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's true. And just because something, I mean, I, I don't know how it's played out in that film, so I can't really judge it. But, you know, just because a film shows us something doesn't mean the film is like endorsing this or glamorizing it. No. Sometimes, no, sometimes the film all. is satirizing or condemning what it what it's showing us. So but I, don't I think, know. I, I think it's, those things exist in the world. Yeah, I think it's the way you feel personally about it. Like for me, I don't like seeing those kind of things mm-hmm. and I will not go into detail, but I don't. Like me personally, I don't like seeing that because it disgusts me. It makes me mm-hmm. feel gross. Mm-hmm. So totally, that's totally it. understandable. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there's a lot of trivia about references to Silent Night, Deadly Night, parts one and two, which you guys have already pointed out. So no need to rehash that. Here's a weird one. I, I don't know what to make of this. Most of the characters are named after members of the famous Leeds United football team from the 70s. Cooper, Giles, Madeley, Revy, Jones, Jordan, McKenzie. In addition, Brenner, Bremner Street and Rainey's Diner are mentioned in the script. I don't know jack shit about Leeds From United when? football 1974? team. It said the 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah. What the hell does that have to do with anything? It must be like the writer or director's like thing. I guess so. That's that's the only explanation I can think of. But are you talking about uh, a soccer team? Yeah. yeah. So it must be British or something. Not something. Well, uh, I don't. Maybe McDowell put that in there. Maybe the director is Ooh. not British. Okay. He's he sounds American. I I watched a little behind the scenes thing on my DVD. Yes, I own this. And own uh, this. <laughs> physical own media. This. Wow. Yes, I do. I I own most mo- most movies that I feel are worth like rewatching. I I I purchase them. But um. Yes, I own all of his films. That's not true. I don't own 30. I don't own uh, Three from Hell. But uh, yeah, so I, I know nothing about British soccer from the 70s. And so I would never, ever, ever pick up on those references. But I guess yeah. somebody would. You know, what's weird about that is that I actually was looking for like little Easter eggs that, you know, maybe referenced the toy store in the original silent night, deadly night, but I didn't see any of that. I I don't know if you guys did, or or if you have that in your trivia, like the stores, because they actually did a really long shot of the stores, you know, the marquee of the, of the movie theater, you know, things like that. But like, that was just a wasted scene. I did too. Mm. It could have been an Easter egg filled, whatever, you know, like the past two movies or whatever. Right. Um, Right. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, I'm sure this is something you guys know. This is the second horror remake of a seasonal slasher film that Malcolm McDowell has starred in. What's the other famous Halloween? Halloween. Yes, of course. Of course. He starred in the, uh, the remake of Halloween. It was Loomis, right? Yes. Director Rob Zombie. Oh, is this film not fresh in your memory? Should I choose it (laughs) for you to watch Heidelberg? Oh, he looks like he's going to kill me. Okay, I'm going to move on. (laughs) Uh, Here's kind of interesting trivia. At one point, Sheriff Cooper mentions CSI Miami. Brendan Fair, who plays... (laughs) Brendan Fair, who plays Deputy Jordan, starred as Dan Cooper in CSI Miami from 2005 to 2008. So that's a little nod to him. Oh, interesting. Uh, Donald Logue, is that how you say his name? He also appeared in Reindeer Games, a film in which his character also dresses as Santa and is killed on Christmas Eve. 
Oh, that's he's got, uh, a, he's got a little pattern too. That's a uh, Ben Affleck in yeah. Charlie's like a heist movie, I think. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, it's not a horror film, but um, no, I got a crush on Charlie. I got a crush on Charlie Theron. She is. So do I. Who doesn't? Damn. Furiosa. Oh my god. <laughs> so we have a lot of patterns here between Jamie King doing a lot of '80s remakes, Malcolm McDowell doing seasonal holiday slashers, slasher remakes, and then Donald Logue being in these uh, Christmas-themed movies, dressing as Santa and getting killed. Uh, last little bit of trivia I have. Maria, a.k.a. Zoe from Zombievers, is briefly choked with a shower curtain before she escapes the apartment. This is a no... Oh, you know what? Given what we're covering next game? week, I'm not going to finish that bit of trivia. Okay, <clears throat> never mind. But what, what it doesn't say is that watching that scene, I also thought maybe it was a little nod to Psycho. Like, the, yeah, the grasping onto the shower curtain and pulling she it down. She bonks her head with the fucking rod. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I was wondering. Oh, I didn't see it. No, or was that like the actress did that by accident? And they just kept yeah, it in the film. Yeah, Jacqueline, I I felt the same way. I felt it was a nod to Psycho, Psycho, and it yeah. was it was kind of it was cool. Now that Jacqueline mentions where it's actually from, uh, never mind. Like there's box art with that scene. So, oh, is we'll, there really? we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's speaking speaking of next week art trivia. We're good. We're good. Okay, so Mr. Heidelberg has the pick next week. What are we watching? I do. So next week, we'll be discussing the original Black Christmas from 1974. And we're going to have a yes. special guest. Michael from Horror Apocalypse again is going to join Yay. us. He's yeah. Stoked. This is one of his favorite Christmas films. I think he'll be happier next week than he it, was for our Thanksgiving it, episode. <laughs> it's a redemption week for Michael. He's yeah. going to yes. be fine with this one. Uh, real quick, <laughs> you can find it streaming right now on Shudder, Tubi, Pluto, awesome. Talk, and Voodoo, I believe. And also Damn. it's available to rent on like other services. So it's pretty readily available. Excellent. Cool. Thanks Can't for wait. finding it for us so we don't have to figure out where it's streaming. Yeah, I figured, I'm like, we, we find out, you know, we watch it no matter what, but for the people that want to follow along. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm really excited about that. That is definitely like a holiday must watch. So excited to be talking about that next week and excited to have Michael back. So maybe he'll like us again after we put him through. <laughs> after we put him I through don't Thanks feel Killing. bad for making him watch Thanks Killing. I've watched several bad films because of that man. So, yeah, well, still, I want him to like yeah. us as a so, guest on our show. I think, yes, I, I'm I think he'll be I think he'll be a little happier and maybe more inclined oh, to. Yeah, he has be a friends lot to with us. On this one. Yeah. So cool. Next week is going to be awesome. Uh, in the meantime, oh, I wanted to mention we got our first two emails from yeah. our from some lovely listeners of ours. We got uh, an email from Brandon, our good friend oh, of the Brandon. show, who sent us some words of encouragement, which we really appreciate. And you, we also got an email from Todd. Now, both of them AKA were trying hard. AKA 2 p.m. Todd, also offering us some very kind words of encouragement, which we really appreciate. Thank you, Todd. Uh, both of them were were hoping to be the first, the first <laughs> one to email us. One of them was obviously, one of them was not. I'm not going to say who it was. So, mm. um, so we'll in our hearts, we'll just consider them to both be the first. You guys are number one in our book. Yeah, yeah. The, these two, Brandon and uh, and Todd. They are our, our true hard with us fans. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And everybody who listens to our show, we really appreciate you truly. Definitely, uh, so thank you so much to everyone who listens to us, but especially our hard with us fans. 
uh, Todd and Todd and Brandon. So we love you guys. Uh, if Where you'd like to send us. us, sorry. Where can they find us? Yeah. If, if anyone else would like to email us telling us how wonderful we are, we'd love to hear that. So <laughs> yeah, you can be second on the list. Uh, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at cut above horror. You can find us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And you can find us on Facebook at a cut above colon horror review. And if you listen to us on iTunes, make sure you rate and review us. We love those five uh, star reviews. If it's not a five star, let us know what we can do better on iTunes, but you can listen to us wherever else you find your podcast. And uh, thank you to everybody. Yeah, this was a fun discussion, fellas. Um, one of the rare instances where we really disagree with each other. And you know what? That's kind of fun. So um, sorry, you guys didn't love this film, but I think we'll we'll have a better week next week. So <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody go watch Black Christmas, the original from 1974. And uh, then join us next week for our review of that film. And we'll see you guys next week. Ho, ho, ho. And keep it creepy.